0: grassroots levels with world cup and european championship experience hello and welcome to another edition of the leader manager coach podcast welcome to the program and uh as always um we've got some uh, fantastic fantastic stuff for you today um so this uh this program is an interview with a gentleman called Spencer Fern. Now, um, I'll hold my hand up and say that um, Spencer's only somebody that I know um, from the community online. Um, Spencer's not somebody that um, I've uh, I've known personally for a long time, but maybe that will change in the future. And um, the reason I've asked Spencer to come on and, and, and talk to us is because... Uh, in my opinion and it is in my opinion he has a uh, and i think as loads and loads of the community would agree with me he has a a phenomenal cv um and he's he's got such a vast and varied experience in the world of sport particularly in the world of football that um i couldn't resist asking him and um i'm full of gratitude that he's responded and um he's bent over backwards to fit in with his busy schedule to, to chat to us so i'm i'm ringing from bangladesh and um Spencer's over there in the UK we've got a little bit of a a weather difference but that's not going to bother us so um, it's uh, just midday isn't it Spencer where you are now?
1: Uh, It's it's about uh, half past eight Oh, it's okay, all past eight. Okay,
0: I've got my time right It was due to be about midday, wasn't it? But we've had to reset. your That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So um Spencer, what I'd like you to do, if it's all right, just for the listeners, is just um just introduce yourself in terms of like what is you doing now and um you know what your what your kind of your, your, your professional um role is uh, or professional roles entail at the moment. So we just get a little bit of a, a feel for what you're doing.
1: Yeah, sure, Rob. So, uh, well, first of all, thanks very much for the invite uh, to speak to you. Um, my roles in terms of football, I work with Sheffield Wednesday. I do the uh, under-15s and under-16s there, uh, which is a club that I support. So it's, uh, it's a great job for me. I uh, work with young lads that yeah. you know, were hopefully preparing for scholarships at our club or, or moving to other clubs at the end of uh, the under-16s. Um, I also uh, recently uh, started working with Gainsbury Trinity, yeah. Where I'm working with Curtis Woodhouse, uh, who I managed, where joint managing the boxing game when he was British champion. So I'm working with Curtis again now in football, uh, and helping with recruitment and analysis. So that's a bit of a part-time role that I'm doing. Right. Um, and also, I well, my, my proper job, as I call it, I'm the managing director of an education company called Life Skills. So we work with young people between 16 and 18 years of age that are unemployed. Yeah. I'm also co-owner of the Northern England Football Academy. Um, and that's a private football company, again, working with 16 to 18s uh, doing Tech level fees and hopefully getting them into semi-professional football. Uh, professional football is a dream for many, but we've got to be realistic. Um, and you'll have four lads that have played semi there. So quite busy with that. Uh, the um, BSI Chief Exec Masters at the moment, uh, with Salford Uni, um, Masters in Management with the Croy Institute and do my UA for A
0: license, so pretty busy at the moment. Wow, that is, um, I think, just two of those things on their own, never mind um, Shepherd Wednesday, Gainsborough Trinity, your life skills business, northeast of England, Football Academy, and 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 on it, and you're in your own journey, doing your Masters and UA for A. You um, have, have impressed the life out of me with that, and I'm sure that there's people listening to that thinking, flipping heck, that's, that's great, so um, I'm... I'm I'm buzzing with that because um i have just realized you know how much of your life this uh, um spencer is revolves around young people you know your fifteens to sixteens at sheffield and, and obviously um your life skills in your north of east of England kind of, that's obviously that age group and young people is obviously and this is a real obvious question but just to expand it obviously is such a a passion for you spencer yeah so where's that come from
1: yeah um, it, it comes from me being sixteen, really, Rob. When I was uh, the ages of uh, about ten and a half, eleven to sixteen, I was at Sheffield United, which yeah. was a school of excellence in those days before the academies. And at uh, sixteen, I got released because I wasn't good enough, which is fair enough. And I was a bit lost at sixteen. I thought, well, what am I going to do? You know, I wasn't particularly good at school. You know, good at sport, but the rest of it. And uh, and I drifted a bit. Went to work in a printing factory and went between jobs and so on before I finally found, you know, found my. Um, roots in education at 19 and when i was 19 i started working as a senior auditor for my late set month and uh, going around the country auditing colleges training providers and, and really from a young age it was like, you know, the dream was to have my own training company um, yeah. and do things that weren't that conventional so when i set life skills up and in 2002 we did music technology which was very unusual at the time and i what i wanted to do was create a training company with the things that were exciting, you know, when I was 16, there was no football scholarships to America or no academies, you know, private academies just go into, or music, which sometimes i spent a bit of time in that industry. Yeah. So that's really came from, and it's always been a passion of mine, um, you know, to try and give opportunities to young people who didn't do particularly well at school, just like myself. Uh, and the company's 18 years old this April, and we've trained around about 17,000 students in that time. So we we'll do all of different things. So that's really a passion, you know, working with young people, helping them. Um, I love the 15s and 16s of Wednesday because, you know, the the young adults now. And for me, it's not just about the football, of course, that's really important, but it's helping them become better people as well. Yeah. And our values are in our our age group. You know, be humble, be respectful, and the most important one, work tremendously hard. And if you ask any of our boys what our values are, you know, 14, 15, 16, they'll they'll repeat those to you and they understand what they mean as well
0: wow that that's that's great um that's such a such a great little story um uh, last year spencer I went to celtic right. on a on a coaching convention just as part of the CPD stuff and um you know they they brought a group of i think there were 9 to 10 year olds in and before anything was said any questions were asked in there and there was a, there was about 30 or 40 coaches on this convention and the the chief coach um said to the boys right boys what what do we value at Celtic? And without a falter, they just rhymed off um the four key fundamental values that um that they kind of uphold at the at the Academy. And it was such a even that on its own. And and it's great to hear a story like yours because uh, you know you, you you all have experienced it where you, you meet people and, and kids can't look you in the eye and and, and obviously there's just there's just hasn't there isn't there's a lack of that kind of respectful standards for themselves that that, that tell you such a story. Um,
1: yeah, you know. do. I think we find um, what I found me you know, going to Holland quite a lot, and it's probably a different way of coaching uh, to, to some, you know, some parts of British football is that we give the players more ownership at Sheffield Wednesday. So, for example, we do a self-reflection yeah about six o'clock every Sunday. And we use the Carol Black growth mindset model for that. Yeah. So what's done well, what's going to keep doing in the to keep doing well, where do you need to improve, et Also, on day release, it's every, every two weeks, if we've got a game that week, they do preparation for it. We have our core principles, how we're going to play. You know, going yeah. down to the thirds, you know, very standard stuff within academies. Then what we're getting to is present back to each other by unit, for example, so the defence, when we're going to take Blackburn, we're playing soon. Look at the game against Blackburn we played last time. You know, what were they like in attack? How can the midfielders and attackers help the defensive unit? And they lead on that. They're, they are building presentation skills at 14, 15, 16 years of age. Really, Which gives us confidence. Because what we, we have to be realistic, Rob, is that, you know, I look after, you know, with my, my colleagues, for 25 to 30 lads at any one time at that age, how many are going to make it to yeah, the yeah. top level in football? And as we both know, it's very limited. Yeah. So if we develop other skills... It um, which are going to help them in life, uh, you know, not just in football, and that's an important part of the role as well.
0: Absolutely, and it's a great. Again, it's another great story about developing leadership. Um, because just before I came up to um, to my room to um, to chat to you, we we're just having a chat chat with, um, and and I think you know Stuart, don't you, Stuart Watkins?
1: Yes, I know Stuart, yeah, I was at Stockport County briefly when I was uh, there as well, he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, fantastic guy and uh, just, it was funnily, it's such a small world, just having a chat and we were talking about players and we were talking about two particular players who are extremely talented technically but are lacking in this. And I'll put it under the banner of, of leadership. Um, leadership of themselves, really, because there's a consistency in letting themselves down uh, in, in an apparent way in terms of uh, what can I say self management, really. Um, you know, and, and I don't mean to be critical and that, that's just an analysis of, of, of these players. And you know, they've got the yeah. world at their feet, at the, the, you know, um, and I think what you're doing there or what you're part of. You know, if somebody has got that ability and you can add that, that, that facilitation of the, the, the psychological need, whether that's a, a disciplined thing or, a, or, or a, uh, you know, a, a funneled ambition or, or, or a work ethic or whatever it is, you know, part of it. I think, you know, you're really helping to actually maximize or optimize an individual's potential.
1: Yeah, we have to, you know, build resilience as well with the Rob Robin. you know, it's uh, we call it the curly finger at Sheffield Wednesday. So If we find our know, players aren't running and they're not sprinting and making the recovery, they'll come off and have a breather. The curly you know, finger, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the finger, you know, we come and, de- and you know, we, we create an environment where it's okay to make mistakes yeah. you know, because we use learning opportunities and you know, I've worked with some coaches in the past and we can hear them on the touchline line they'll somebody for making make a mistake and, I went to watch Pep Guardiola uh, last year as part of the Cruyff of Coaching as an observation. So I went to the Manchester and game yeah. uh, which was run 7-0 so it's you know, probably straightforward. But what struck me about Guardiola is that if a player made a mistake his action didn't change yeah. at all. Um, it did if he weren't in position. It yeah. was quite animated um, but if somebody made a mistake he didn't, didn't move didn't flinch at all. No. And I think it's important because players, you know not just hearing your vocal but they can sense your body language as well and we try and create this environment, you know, you are going to make mistakes. And, you know, what we always say, we're with a fantastic, two fantastic fellows, Kev Noman, who's an ex pro, and Kevin Fogg, was at Chef United with Maguire and Dad Yelker, and so on, So very experienced. And we say to the boys, listen, we make loads of mistakes. You know, yeah. when we're sticking to team or we're discussing, but we don't always yeah. get it right. And it's trying nice yeah. to develop that culture. Yeah. Um, and with the parents as well, educating the parents that, you know, Little Johnny, who's 14, is going to make mistakes. He's going to miss an open goal or you know yeah. miss a header. Um, but you know this is what we use as part of the growth mindset model for them to reflect on that and so that. What do I need to be doing? We're there to guide. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I think you know sometimes coaches looking at over animated on the touchline and forget that they're not mini professional footballers. The children mm-hmm. and we have to treat them accordingly as well and help them develop. And uh, you know, as a club, you know, we do that really well.
0: Oh no, that's great to hear, mate. Yeah, and uh, it's a big thing of 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 mine that, you know, kids aren't mini adults are they? They're um you know, they're certainly not they're they're on the way to um to adulthood. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great one, well, mate. So how it's does Go, way... well, mate, sorry.
1: It's not a smooth road as well. Nope. You know, Somebody's uh some early parent, I think it was who think it's a smooth pathway, you know, to being a professional footballer. Wow. It's the first thing we do at pre-season where we get a new rule, just show them a couple of you can't do on the phone, but a diagram. It's up and down all the time. And you're going to get injured. You're going to have a loss of form. And it's it's how you deal with this. That's what's going to make you. If you can't deal with it, it's going to be difficult to move on in professional football because, as we both know, it's a very tough industry. And oh, there's absolutely. a lot of uh And you're going to get a lot on the way. So it's just getting them ready for that. And I think that's a big piece that we're doing education-wise You know, except Sheffield Wednesday uh, with some of the parents as well. Um, the, yeah. you know you sign at nine the, you've got no right not to be in the first team in ten years there's no guarantees so you know get ready for the knocks it's how you react to the knocks yeah. uh, that's the important thing
0: no absolutely Spencer and it's um, music to me is I mean uh, you know we we um, we see the resilience thing which you've already mentioned as, as you know I mean as long as you've got some ability to play the game it, you know It'll, it, that is probably up there with, with anything else in terms of a, of a necessity um, because, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I agree that, you know, that you get, you know, does a does a, a 10-year-old kid on a half past eight on a Friday night wet through need somebody else telling him what he shouldn't or shouldn't have done on the way home before he has his tea, you know, not really do they, you know, so, um, yeah, getting everybody on board including mum and dad and, or, you know, whoever looks after them um, is a biggie as well, mate, yeah, Absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that it's, it's very clear as well, Rob, you know, the relationship with the parents. You know, not that we're going to talk tactics with the parents, but, you know, the coaches need to have that relationship. And you see within academy systems where at some clubs, they don't even talk to the parents, but I have four children uh, and I am, it's a Wednesday, I'm looking after the sons of 25 to 30 people uh, yeah. with their private choice. So it's important that there is a relationship there with the parents. And there was an honesty as well uh, that nothing sugarcoated. Um, and that's the, the beauty of the self reflection process I've except for Wednesday because it's feedback, you know, they do seven PM on a Sunday, It's fed back by the time we train on a Monday. Right. So there's never any surprises. You know, if uh, you know one player's not doing one thing particularly well, this is what we need to be looking at and, and they know where they are every week. And it's not just that the review process every six to twelve weeks, but it's constant feedback and it's something, particularly with our under fifteen age group, we're new to it it's really improved them and it'll you know, be part of that process. Do I you think f- honestly it's important
0: with parents yeah have you found that that eases the process of these six stroke 12 week reviews that because that, I, I have been involved in that and at times you know i've had parents sitting there with eyes as big as discuses thinking are you really thinking this about my my, my son when obviously to, to us coaches over the last six weeks it's been obvious and there's been conversations but um, I just wondered whether the process that you go on that self reflection actually brings more of an alignment between the player, the parent, and the coach, so it's not such a shock when you have to have a conversation.
1: Yeah, it, it helps massively. So there's no surprises then at review time. But the good thing about the way that the self reflection is structured, you know, I put my comments in as a coach, but it's led by the player. Yeah. So the player knows, you know, and they, you know, we speak about it in training. Obviously, oh, I need to work on, you know, I receive the ball shifting off the line, for example. Thinking of a centre back that we work with, so he put that in his self reflection. So he fully knows where he needs to go. And the parents do look at the self reflection as well and the feedback. So when it comes to review time, there's no surprises. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And the thing helps the player. So it, you know, if, if the parents are seeing that, they're on board with what's happening. They can see what instructions are getting. And when we do the six week review, it's pretty much the last six weeks self reflections anyway.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. and that's and yeah. we um, moved stuff in there, and you're the add one or two things, but it does work well. And it took a bit of time to get it going. I introduced it uh, last year, um, so I did 12s and 13s, and when I went with the 15s. Uh, and just you know, I'm into sports psychology quite a lot. I did a lot of Tom Bates stuff, and mm. Keith May a fantastic book out recently, Gold Dust. And you know, working and learning off people like that, and I thought we'd give it a go. And it's good. Uh, but what I also do as a coach as well. Uh, myself and Kevin know who will pretty much lead on the 15s. We have a, a survey where the players assess us as well, and the parents assess us. Yeah. We do it anonymously. Yeah. Uh, you know, actually <laughs> to. You we know, don't have people, you know, saying saying stuff and thinking it's going to, you know, impact on their son. But we do that anonymously as well. And the self reflection—I forget the actual figures—but it's quite hard. It's something like 75, 80 percent. Yeah, strong. Really, very useful in terms of their development. Yeah, you know, okay. one or two, and that's fine. You know, it's cool. But. To get those kind of percentages um, and we've you know we've done that the last two um annual and biannual reviews and the feedback's good so you know it's remaining yeah no, that's uh, interesting it's good, you know, we all need regular feedback don't we good or bad you know that's absolutely
0: how you know the the worst thing you know i hate it when people say oh you've done great with that done great with that you know it's great it's all right you know of course we all like positive regard but you know it worries me um you know because uh, it's not that doesn't necessarily help you to um to get that incremental baby step improvement, does it? It's the things that actually are, are I'll use not necessarily negative, but are, are, are saying, look, you can do this better or you can do that better or even little tiny things. So um, yeah, and it's- yeah.
1: absolutely. And I know from personal experience, so I have a 14 year old son and he's been on trial at two clubs um, in the last year. And he's, he's you know, for me, as, as it is today, he's not at, at the level, which is fair enough. And, you know, for me, it's important he enjoys it. It uh, was a grassroots team, and you know, mm-hmm. with his mates, brilliant. And but well, what I found with these two clubs, and obviously I won't name them, is the first club he we went to. Um, it was there for a number of months, and he said to this coach, "He said, where can I improve?" Uh, and his response "Well, I'll get back to you, and so I'll have a think about it." He never did. <laughs> he never yeah. did. Then he got he got released from the trial, uh, and the feedback was, "Well, it's not as good as what we've got." And that was the feedback. So I went, okay, all right, no problem. So there was no detail there. There was nothing, you know, I know where he needs to a coach. And then he's gone to another another club, uh, which the only guy didn't want him to go to, but he wanted to go. Um, and again, no feedback being provided whatsoever. Um, had one good game, oh, you've done really well, and then just released. And, and that's what happens sometimes. So I think, you know, as clubs and academies, we have a massive responsibility to these young people. And like we said a little earlier, they're not mini-professional football. No, nope. You know, they're... Two, two big hits that Myerson took in the last year, which is good, because I want him to fail. Yeah. You know, I want him to have in his life, because that's how life is. I mm. think, you know, I've mm. had to look at that um, and what we do and how you know parents sometimes are treated, You know, so We're not doing clubs a favour here, uh, and that, that's how they make parents feel sometimes. Mm. I think communication with parents and players is, is absolutely paramount. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's how it is. If you want to get on in life, you've got to be a good communicator. And sadly, some you know some clubs within the system don't seem to do that, uh, and I think it's a big issue for me. And uh, that's why Sheffield Wednesday, where you know we're hot on that, we've got a lot of passionate people to make sure that everybody is in the loop. And yeah. they think that scholarship time um, don't work out, and no scholarship at Sheffield Wednesday We're relentless at trying to get the boys in the other clubs.
0: Yeah, really, No, it sounds like you've got such a lot going. That's um, a real example to um, to everybody in this industry. It sounds um, it's so What I'd like to ask you. Spencer is a little bit about your Cruyff Academy stuff because that's not a usual source of education that a lot of coaches in England go on. I know there are some, but um, so just tell me a little bit about, about how you decided to go on that and and you know a bit about that, really. That'd be really interesting. Yeah,
1: sorry, what was that? The edgy, the
0: yeah, yeah, your, your Cruyff, um, oh, the Cruyff Ac- stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where did that well, come I'm
1: from? Fan, uh, I'm a massive fan of Pep Guardiola and yeah. uh, a couple of years ago I was reading all his stuff like, you know, like us coaches do and uh, obviously I know Yolan Cruyff and, and the legend he is and I was reading what an influence Cruyff was and I was just Google searching because I, I'd done my B licence and I was waiting to get on the A licence like many of us uh, mm-hmm. over here internationally mm-hmm. as well and I wanted to do something else so um, I spoke to a lovely lady called Sarnet at the Cruyff Institute uh, I went on the Master of Coaching and um it was very very different um to what we're used to in england and you know your, your coaching courses and there were six of us on it um sean maloney it was belgium's number two to martinez on there and we had three separate weeks and we were taught by um, an international hall of fame in martial arts hank a wonderful wow. man who school last week uh, the german women's handball coach field hockey so it wasn't about amazing, football. amazing. it was about and how you coach so you can apply it to any anything you yeah do. Uh, um it was unbelievable. I mean, some days you just sat there thinking, Carter, what's going off here? And, you, and it, there, there were a few days, think, what am I actually learning? But you know, as time progresses, yeah. and you reflect on the learning and different methods, and mm. you know, basically putting the, the coaches, the person you're coaching, at the center of everything you do. Yeah. And you can improve. And I, I just learned absolutely loads. And it's the best course um, I've been on, you know, and I've, I've done some. For me personally, I also do the World Football Academy stuff with Raymond Vahian. yeah. Which, um, he, I mean, the man's a genius, um, he's, he's absolutely superb. I mean, the courses are tough, um, the five day ones because you'll start at you know breakfast at seven and you may finish at two, three the following morning, five days on the bounce. Wow, uh, like an FAS of football courses, but the learning again is tremendous. And you know, people like Freddie Lundberg, I've been on courses with people such as that which is great for me you know being a, you know, an aspiring coach and being around people like that uh, but end, you know it has the standards and if you're a minute late Rob that's it you don't get in course over
0: honestly you it,
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah and, and did, I know,
0: I think, was that in Holland you did that one
1: I've done the Holland, Austria Portugal and the Wales uh, with Bahain and uh, this year I'm doing two back to back which is going to be a bit of a challenge uh, a week out let's go Madrid uh, doing the the World Football Academy expert and then doing the pro at Real Madrid the week after. Um, but his standards are, are sky high. And his view is that, you know, if, if you're going to be a minute late, you know, how can you tell your players off very minute late? You know, yeah. you, your partner's got to be at the highest. And I totally get that. Um, but, you know, I've seen it, you know, people have got to day five of the course and they've, they've got the standards, gone. You're out. Honestly. Uh, so it, it, well. it yeah, <laughs> It's that, and, it, and it's very different. I don't think you know, the, the style in England would I, work. It'd work for the FA, but the, the man's absolutely fantastic. Wow. And uh, you know, I'm far with him. And, uh, wow. Yeah, so it's, you know, really? I do that as well. But the Cruyff stuff, I've done the sports management post-grad and I'm just doing the Masters of Cruyff now, which is online stuff. Really? is wonderful people in a, you know, a real blend of different experiences from different sports, you know, which is great to learn from. Uh, but I, you know, I highly recommend you know, anything that Raymond Vahein does it was a lot yeah. one day course as well and and anything with the, the price master of coaching was it was brilliant for all of us
0: you're a, you're a, you know you're a, you're an absolute advocate for self education and, and you know it's not somebody with all this work uh demands and obviously uh, you know me, you got your kids and you know me, you're you're an example of somebody who, who totally believes from a, a practical point of view, not just a theory point of view in, in self-education. And, um, I, you know, we all know these things cost time and cost money. And, um, you know, we know they pay rewards down the road, but um, no, it's impressive. And um, I'm so pleased I've been able to get you on because, uh, you know, to hear somebody actually saying, look, I do this, I do that, you know, because you will be making sacrifices for that, Spencer, no doubt.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's difficult. Um, you know, I mean, the two weeks in June, I'm going to be away from my family. Um, I going mean, I have four children as well, Rob, uh, which is tough. And thankfully, I have a wonderful wife who just lets me get on with it. So yeah. you know, probably a yeah. the great from it, to be honest. But yeah, you know, it's, I think mean, it's having that support network um, around you. But I will go anywhere uh, to become a better coach. Um, so I started very late. I was 39 when I finally got into coaching. I'd worked in football off the field, as you know, um, you know, early in the Stockport County, uh, and I, I knew that, you know, starting, you know, quite late in the day, that I had to really, mm. you know, be relentless in my approach and learn as much as possible, yeah. as well as yeah. coaching many of us. But you know, trying to, you know, attach myself, you know, to some of the best light of the and learning off those and. Uh, Really. You no, know, when you're, the of course got Peter Bosch, the was and manager being there, Albert Capellas who was at Barcelona. So he has some wonderful guest here, and just spending a few hours with those, wow. worth years worth of, you know, trying to find yeah, out so Yeah, really. And because I've been there and done that, and uh, you know, I'm a religious note taker as well. I do read a lot. You know, and have football and business, and try and educate myself. Which you know, going back to my childhood, Bob, I was an absolute nightmare at school and wasn't too bothered about education. It's amazing how like, it changes.
0: Well, uh, you know, blimey, um, you know, we all we all have our own past, but it's great to hear. And um, you know, somebody who started late in in life as a lot of people do. You know, you hear so many stories of people who 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 have taken that kind of. Um, or been forced to take that kind of approach and and they're the most dedicated ones like your mature students and that's what i found and um, because they value every minute they value the stories they value the the information and you know uh, if your your networking must be um uh, proved to be fantastic over the over the the years with uh, as well as the information that um you picked up so uh, you know fantastic it's great great mate great to hear
1: I think the networking network that you just mentioned there was really important. Uh, the last couple of days, I was I had the good fortune to be around the Rugby League w- Rugby League World Cup draw 2021. Yeah. So part of the course I'm doing at um, Salford Uni with VSI, I'm the chief exec for Rugby League uh, 2021, and I went to the draw yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fantastic. And just learning off different sports, I think football can learn a hell of a lot of Rugby League. You know? right. They seem to be great in a lot of things that they do, so... It's nice, you know, football's great, and I, I love football, that's my passion, but it's nice to look at different sports and plan to say how they operate, because there's a lot that we can learn. I think in football sometimes, because we are the biggest sport, you know, we think we, we know it all, Yeah, bit, yeah. but yeah. there's a lot of other sports out there we can learn a lot from, Absolutely. and that's an important well you know researching
0: those no absolutely absolutely and uh, okay fantastic you've got so much to, that I want to talk about tell me about your boxing interest because I, I, I'm, a, I'm a boxing fan and I was brought up in the, yeah. it, 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 with the Ali Fraziers and then the, the, you know the the, mate, the amazing middleweights in the 80s Aguilar and Hearn and all them so I'm a, I, my, my son's now a boxing fan who and I, I don't know half the, the guys at the minute but um, so tell me a little bit about that because I'm interested in that mate
1: yeah, so, uh, I mean, the boxing was, was quite by accident. Um, for some unknown reason, I decided to have a white-collar fight in East London because yeah. I was living in London. That <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know why I did. You know, I, th- I thought I could probably handle it. I mean, the actual fight, my ring walk was exceptional, but my performance was dreadful. In fact, I got my ribs broke in the first round. Uh, I carried on, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't the best experience. But leading up to that, um, I was trained by a fellow called David Caldwell. Yeah, we uh, were introduced by a mutual friend and I don't come across Dave's on Sky a lot these days and right. uh, Dave was a, a trainer, he was training Ryan Rhodes um, European champion, British champion in Sheffield and uh, you know we just got really close and me being from a business background and Dave from boxing we just joined up and uh, created you know Colwell Fern Sports uh, and Coldwell Boxing operated under that so my role was you know very much in the background um, working with fighters uh, you know having a few uh, two legal wrangles with Frank Warren over Curtis Woodhouse, which mm. was quite entertaining, uh, and putting on shows, so small hall shows, which could be 500 people to 1500. Uh, we did some joint productions with Max Room, so we did Tony Bellu, Danny McIntosh for his championship of the Echo. Yeah. Uh, the disaster because what we did we we outbid Frank Warren for it. They put purse bids in to get the fight. Yeah. And we got all brilliant Bellu local heroes coming yeah. through. Yeah. What happened that April? Liverpool and Everton were both in the FA Cup semi final. Oh my days! And it was the Grand National as well, so everyone was skimmed, and um, so we uh, yeah we took a bit of a hit on that one. I mean, thankfully Eddie and Maxwell came and did a joint promo with us, but we were always like was a nightmare, you know. Right. We, just, we just even think of it, and being a football fan, you know, I thought I'd considered it, so we did that. Yeah, we did a bit of traveling, we went to Canelo, uh, Ryan Rhodes in Guadalajara, which was great, and. We looked after Matthew Aston when he fought in South Africa for a world championship. Uh, But after five years, you know, Dave was, Dave's always been a wonderful trainer. Yeah. And and he was training Tony Bellew and he really needed to spend more time on that. And to be honest, the show didn't make a lot of money anyway, a lot of work and passion. You know, we got to go to some great places, you know, it's going Hamburg and what have you. Uh, and I said to Dave, I said, "Look, mate, you crack on with this because you know you can make a you know a decent dough, mm. work with mm. Owen and with the other fighters, uh, and basically it's partnership. You know, we just that was it really. We're still okay. in touch now, it's been a few years now. But for Dave, he's, he's gone on and he's on Sky Sports now and looks after a lot of fighters yeah. and had a lot of success. I'm immensely proud of him because, like me, as a working class kid, come from from nothing and do hard work, and his obsession with boxing." And how good he is, and he's done really well. So, uh, really? yeah, they were good days. We really enjoyed it. And, you know, one of my other close mates from school, Damien Harry, worked with us. So we had some great times. But for me, the, the, the best night, best sporting occasion was when Curtis Woodhouse won the British Championship, uh, the British title. Right. Nobody gave him a chance. And when he started boxing, and I mean, he was a Premier League footballer, as you may remember, and he just packed up football and uh, said I would be a boxer. And it uh, promised his late dad uh, that he'd become British champion. So it's a real personal thing for Curtis. Yeah. And what he did as well, he backed himself at 50 to one when he started boxing and stuck five grand on it. So uh, wow. he got 250 grand that night when he won. But uh, it was amazing. Um, amazing time. Um,
0: wow.
1: What a gave, great story.
0: Gave. What a great story that is on its own. Yeah.
1: Yeah. fantastic. And now I'm working with Curtis again at uh, games with us, kept in touch. And... Um, you know he's down in the football management route now so I'm giving him a bit of a hand, you know, watching a few games and stuff which fits my Wednesday commitments. Uh, but he's an amazing, amazing human being and he's achieved so much and who knows where he'll go with football. Uh, oh brilliant. What
0: a what a great son. He might be on my next list to contact mate because that sounds a fab little story to um to share follow, follow
1: him on Twitter, Rob. He's absolutely hilarious. Is he
0: all right, I'll have Yeah. So listen He doesn't oh brilliant. That's great. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. Okay, let's move on. What about this? Yeah, um, you're your, your foray into into Scotland with a uh, uh, was it East 5? Uh, East Sterlingshire. East Sterling.
1: Yeah. So um, that started. Jeff Stelling is the man that uh, instigated that because I used to watch Sky Sports every Saturday afternoon, like most of us do. And um, the familiar saying was East Sterling nil, and I, I just got fascinated by this team. at you know there were. Didn't, weren't doing well at all. They finished bottom of the Scottish. Yeah. Third in for five years on the bounce. Somebody wrote a book called Pointless about them, which yeah. is quite a hilarious read. Yeah. Um, I think they get eight points in the season. So uh, I was, you know, playing between London and Yorkshire, and most of my twenties, I was working in London and you know, having a good time and building a business and education. Mm-hmm. That's where Life School started. And I, I, I was still a football fan, still watching Wednesday when I could and. I just wanted to get involved in football. So I just phoned them up and uh, said, look, I'm interested in you know, getting involved. Um, I worked with a record label at the time, FX Records, and uh, we sponsored them. <laughs> uh, and they thought I was absolutely crackers. They thought, who oh, is this seller? You know, he'd just come out of nowhere. I'd never been to Scotland before. So you life. just
0: rang him up and, like, they picked the phone up and you said, I want to give you some money or some help, right? Yeah. Like, and they just went, are you real?
1: <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know, who, who is this nutter? And i never forget, uh, the first time I went to Scotland, we flew to Glasgow first with me and Andy, my business partner in Life Skills. I mean, no idea it was a million miles away from Glasgow. Wasn't yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget it. And we went to First Park, the old grounds, a big metal door. And we couldn't get in. We are getting absolutely drenched. So yeah. I Badly passed away. Now the chief exec and I said, "Right side, like, oh, the wrong side." So we went round and had a chat. He, I think he was just sat there in disbelief. This fella, because he'd been basically left on his own by the owner, who was not the most pleasant man, as uh, well charted in Scotland. Right. To keep this quiet. Um. So yeah. So I, we just sponsored it, and then I did a deal with the previous owner, fella called Alan Mackin. who was basically assets in the club. He wanted to sell the ground, and the club had died, and he yeah. wasn't bothered and it was a real fit and I missed one home game in four years I loved it serious yeah so I used to drive up I used to get the train up Um, my boy was like 18 months old and I I split with my ex-wife then so I used to put him in the push chair we used to go up and Jim McAnally's um, wife was the manager he used to look after Lennon oh
0: my what a story mate flipping out brilliant
1: But it was great. And, you know, three or four weeks after um, I got the, the registration with the Scottish Football League with the, for the club, Mackin and the grounds, I owned the, the football registration. We drew Rangers away the, at uh, Ibrox. Wow. 34,000 people. We lost 6-0. And uh, I never forget watching the scoreboard every minute that went past. I thought, brilliant, it's 0-0. And then they scored after 20 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, that's going to happen. But it was Don Fletch uh, Stadium that yeah. day. Yeah. It was a 16-year-old for Rangers. It was now in Chef United, of course. Uh, but we had some wonderful times. You know, we got in the playoffs twice. Um, we had Dundee United at home. I think 4-1 we lost. I remember playing St Mirren in the League Cup and we were 3-0 down. And we got it back to 3 all just before half-time. And it was bouncing. Yeah. yeah. We were, you know, Premier, Premier Division then. Uh, we beat Livingston, who were Division 1, and we were Division 3 in the Scottish Cup. And uh, it was just a brilliant time. And I'm still in touch with many of them. Uh, when I was managing non-league at Frickley, we went up to Scotland and played in pre-season and the pre-season just gone, they came down and played Frickley again because I was helping you know, in a sporting direct capacity there uh, with my, my mate who owns it. So, yeah, just fantastic. Bit of a bonkers thing to do.
0: Really, uh, really, But I
1: loved it. Some great people.
0: Oh, it's just a great show. I mean, it's a bit of a personal one for me because I do love Scottish football and I love Scotland and uh, yeah. it's just a fantastic, you know... I, Take me out, mate. It's it's just a great story. It's just it really genuinely fantastic. Um, so as well as that, you do this your your northeast football academy as well.
1: Yeah, so we got the um, the football academy, which myself and Ryan McKnight um, own. So Ryan's a close friend of mine. He's the, the owner of Frickley Athletic, where I managed as well. Uh, so we set this up three years ago. Yeah, um, and it's the life skills education company. So life skills of the education. Because that's what life schools are really good at. Yeah. Brian's um, father, Andy, um, is the head coach, and Andy McKnight is, you know, one of the best coaches I've worked with. He's very, very close friend of Stuart Watkins, actually. Right. Uh, Asked him about Andy. Mad, mad as a mart yeah, but he's a wonderful coach. So yeah, yeah we work with a lot of lads, and you know, they either the BTEC level three or they do the motor vehicle construction, try and get them a route into football. Brilliant. Um And it's yeah, so what we're looking at moving forward is a lot of degree-based programs from 2021. So we'll be working with the Croydon Institute. So we'll work with Hallam University in Sheffield, and also the Open University, and working with international students. So we're going to launch that this September, but we're only about eighty percent there with the, with the course. So we want to, you know, when it's launched, we want it to be a real one that captures everything. Mm. Um, you know, the students of the football scouting agency elements of the Croix, as well as a degree in sports science and the football. So um, it'll encompass a lot of the things needed to work in the industry. Uh, and for those that um, would like to have opportunities opportunity to do the master coach and recruit as well, um, so we want you know it's one of the best out there. So that'll be launched for 2021 or it'll start in 2021. So it keeps us busy. I mean, Ryan leads on it, he's a chief exec, and I'm just there to probably speak, probably speak to Ryan more than the wife actually. But we're always talking about it. And, it. Uh, you know, just, yeah, just developing it. So, uh, no, yeah, to do that as well, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it works quite well. It's nice. I to see the lads do. You know, they're, they're coming to they've been released by clubs and they think their dream's over, but we're there to try and help them, you know, mm.
0: get back on the. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, another real interesting thing. So, okay, so anybody's, just to kind of sum this up, anybody who's going to be listening to this is going to be thinking, Do you know what? There's going to be a group of people, uh, Spencer, who listen to this, who think, Do you know what? I I could never do what Spencer's done. And I know you don't think like that because you're just, I can just tell by the way you describe things and you, you know, you come across with all this humility that it's just what you do and you do things that loads of people wouldn't do, you know, blimey, getting involved in this and getting involved in that, the massive amount of experience you've got. So let let me just kind of just take it away from that. So if you, what, what would you, what's been, if I can ask you this and, and please feel free to say, move on, ask me another question, but what's the, what's the, been the most challenging thing in your life for you? Because he's this man who's done all this stuff, got this massive amount of experience and he's got a successful business and sport connections and is obviously, you know, going down a coaching route and, 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 and is investing in himself. And to all intents and purposes, you know, people will be thinking, wow, you know, he's doing fantastic. What, what's what been the challenging parts of something in your life that you've really had to work at?
1: Yeah, it's, um, I think it, there's a number of things. What I've had, Rob, is a lot of failures. Yeah. A lot of failures. Um going, going back to my childhood, um, you know, my, my parents split up when I was seven. So me and my sister went from a, a lovely life to basically being homeless at seven. I had to live with my auntie. And growing up as a teenager, I was being knocked down to the playground at 11. So we lived with me and my sister and my mum, we didn't have much money, free dinners. Uh, and one of the things that, you know... I suppose it inspired me when I was at school Sasha, my, my lovely sister, she's a couple of years younger than me, and we used to have to queue up for these tokens for free because we didn't have any money. Yeah. And I remember yeah. how hard broke she was, uh, doing this. And I had this little thing inside me thinking, you know, when I have kids,
0: yeah, they're not
1: gonna be like this. Yeah, yeah. Figures uh, and and having the real hardship, um, up until, you know, from the seven to my late teens.
0: You're
1: right. And uh, even at the time it made me as a person. And so right. my dear mother no, I'm really, sorry I wasn't around so much as it, you know, when you were a kid. And I said, mum, don't apologise. Because what happened when we were kids, we were always loved, it, we were always, you know, in a nice environment, but, you know, we didn't have much. And I think from a very young age, I, I had to work, basically. And I used yeah. to lend my mum money when I was 12, you know, yeah. to work on another six days a week and the paper round after. Mm. So me and Sasha, because uh, Sasha went through the same as well. I mean, she has a wonderful job with Lyrical, a French stationery company. She's a director there. She pretty much runs England, mm. Scotland, Wales, and so mm. on. So it, that, those circumstances really helped shape these human beings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with, you know, tremendous drive and work. And Dad was still around as well and a, a big influence on me, my dad. Uh, and he was the same. So I think from very early, uh, that, that's how our personalities were formed. Um, in terms of business, Christ, I've had some disasters. Uh, I had a nightclub in Sheffield and... Um, which, uh, yeah, I lost a lot of money. Um, one of the business partners probably wasn't, you know, a business partner than me and the other fellow could have been in business with. And, you know, I learned there that, you know, you have to research what you're going to do um, and don't try and do loads of things, which I've done that, you know, sound exciting and you don't actually know the business, you don't know the subject. Uh, the nightclub ended up going bust, you know, went so we're for liquidation eventually. Um, so, you know, big, big failures but, um, you know, lessons. When I was in Stockport County, after East Stirlingshire, so when I left East Stirlingshire, um, I told the club to the fans for a quid, as you, you're aware and they're yeah. a break in Stockport County, and um, put some investment in, was told this was all that was needed, uh, and three, four months later, it's, you know, tripled, quadrupled, um, because what I did I believe the set of figures that were presented on the spreadsheet and didn't do my due diligence properly, so I made a mistake there. I had 16 months there, you know, a lot of unpopular decisions to take the club alive. And thankfully, somebody's bought it yesterday, which is brilliant. we yeah. got a lot of backing and hopefully get Stockport back into the football league. Yeah. So, you know, Stockport County, you know, was it a failure? I'm not sure. We did a lot of good work. Uh, we have to do a lot of unpopular stuff to keep the club alive. Uh, the club, you know, is alive and kicking today. Uh, I'm not just saying to the work that we did, but we were in there, myself and Ryan, a very tough time. Mm-hmm. And- I think it's learning from your mistakes and being open, and you know, you don't always have the answers. Um, you know, I've got mentor John Williams in football, who has been in football many, many years, and I bounced stuff off him. Uh, when my, my dad was alive, you know, when it came to business, I was always on the 40 thing, dad, and you know, those are the kind of things. But I think it's just just work hard and yeah. have a belief, um, because you you're you know, you're responsible for your own destiny, uh, yeah, yeah. And if you put hard work in and you don't get there, then at least you have given it your best, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a value I was taught you know from, from a very young age just put the work in and see what happens because I've early yeah, yeah. school I wasn't particularly bright you know football I could talk all day and if there were DHS in football then or A level that days uh, yeah. but it's just put the hard yards in uh I prefer to make sacrifices and for those that are thinking of starting coaching just get your first foot on the ladder be a level one I did my level one five years ago yeah. you know I started and then I just got into it and then yeah. Lots of stuff online. Listen to podcasts like the ones that you do. There's loads out there. Read, ask questions, uh, mm. but don't be afraid of making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will never deliver a perfect coaching session. Nobody ever does. No.
0: There's
1: always things, and I think self-reflection is really positive as well. I do a lot of that in terms of my football and my business life. When I, when I go away on holiday, I do reflect a lot, and uh, I think the fellow runs life skills. Nick, when I come back, is always back. Loads of ideas and that's my time where you know
0: I just process stuff uh, yeah. so I do go all right so having time to reflect is important yeah yeah no great great so okay here's another one we just to kind of bring trying to bring things together uh Spencer because it's been fantastic this has um who or what if you could ha- if you if I put you in a corner and said tell me one person or one thing what's been the biggest influence or who in your life
1: Oh, my dad, All right. my late dad, I doubt. He was, um, I mean, even though he, he was split up and it happens with relations, he was always around. Yeah. So he was a man that grew up in the children's homes in Sheffield in the 1950s, hmm. had so much adversity to overcome. Yeah. Uh, businesses that failed, went bankrupt, bounced back, went bankrupt again, uh, and a larger-than-life character. I mean, he passed away at 71, Robbie. He probably lived about four lives, my dad. It was unbelievable. Wow and uh, you know coming from nothing and uh, he did well and uh, you know my said uh, I was with uh, many years. Many, sadly passed away as well but uh, she was a big influence you know both of them uh, on me and uh, yeah just a tremendous man um, the big failure was he got me to support Sheffield Wednesday so I've had you know loads of the last few decades and I could have support a better team but you know out, we did a lot of stuff together and uh, it was fantastic beautiful so, mate so that-
0: yeah, yeah no, beautiful story okay um put you on the spot I kind of do this at the end of the podcast or so just just again have you got a favorite film or a favorite book if you had to pick one of the films you've ever watched or a book and I know it's difficult when you're especially when you're like you and you've kind of soaked up all this stuff um, anything that that stands out for you or you know we can move on if not
1: yeah, um, I don't really do films. Um, Netflix, I'm into that. Breaking Bad was the first. I love Breaking Bad. Me right. and my wife will love that. Um, In terms of books, crikey, um, I mean, there's a couple that I've read recently. Start With Why uh, by Simon Sinek. Um, yeah. It's an excellent book um, about, you know, what your purpose is in life and why you actually do what you do. Yeah, uh, links into a lot of the Cruyff stuff that they teach. Um, yeah. And there's another one called The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. Yeah, uh, both books, but both relate to, to everything. Um, but they're the two that I've read, uh, wow. and I've got one on my desk now, Gold Dust by a friend Mark of mine, Keith. Keith.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which
1: is just absolutely superb, and yeah. uh, had a good fortune to spend time with Keith on the course a few years ago. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot out there.
0: Yeah, no, he's top man. He's been on the podcast, and he's um, fortunate enough to have him as a friend. So, uh, I get I get it, mate. And a uh, brilliant, brilliant book. And all the success that he's having with it, he, he thoroughly deserves. So, uh, no, that's, that's great. Cool. And, some great, great recommends there, mate. So, okay, um, listen, mate. I, I, we're coming towards the the, the hour mark, which uh, I'm very grateful for. And we've got some great stuff that people can listen to, and I'm sure it's going to inspire some people. Um, the the messages are there for anybody who wants them. So, just just kind of finish off, um, Spencer. What's um, you've obviously got tons of stuff going on. What what's kind of in the next few? months or years for, for you, mate, in terms of what, you, what you're doing? Obviously, you've told us what, what you're currently doing. Have you got any plans that you want to share or is it just keeping going with what you're doing at the minute?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the, the A licence is important. The next couple of weeks, I'm at St. George's so I'm doing blocks five and six. So hopefully get the A licence yeah. uh, done before the end of the season. I've uh, yeah. got loads of visits in uh, from Ben Butcher, who's uh, my assessor on that, which is great. Um, the CEO... Um, stuff I'm doing with Solford that only finish in October. I may go on to the sporting director one after that, that interests me. I didn't actually start on that, but for one reason or another I couldn't uh, commit yeah. to the weeks of the spring. Um do the Cruyff, um, sports management masters, get that one done and, and just see I'm quite open with it. And you know, for me, as long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing, yeah. uh, which I you know, and the, I'm at my happiest when I'm on the grass, you know, people ask me this I'm the chief exec, you know, where do you want to be chief exec? And I'm like, oh, I don't think I actually do, you know, I'm just really interested in yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But, you know, I've done that all previously, but you know, that was as a football fan without much knowledge, I actually think I had the knowledge. Now I realise I didn't. And uh, yeah. you know, just learning and you know, making contacts and I'm just enjoying the journey really to see what uh, you yeah,
0: brilliant. Spencer, it's been absolutely brilliant, mate, and and um, you know this blimey, I'm sure we could have been here on an hour on each on each year on each of your little phases of life there, but um, it's absolutely fab. If anybody wants to ask you anything or kind of ask you advice or get in touch with you or obviously talk about life skills or anything that you you know you offer, what's the best um, the best platform for them to to catch you on, mate, or where, you know have you got a Twitter thing or you, obviously you're yeah. on LinkedIn.
1: You know what? I haven't got a Twitter thing, but I've got no idea where it is. I, I would say LinkedIn's probably the best one. Yeah. How we got in touch? So I think yeah, LinkedIn's great. I'm on that quite a bit. So it's drop me a message, and uh, you know we will get back to uh, people eventually. No problem.
0: Brilliant. Well, Spencer, I can't thank you enough for your time. I've personally, very selfishly, have really enjoyed this this chat, mate. I've you know, I love, okay. like I say, I love the boxing, I love Scottish football, coaching, I love, and um, so a bit bit selfish here really, mate. But I think I've dropped <laughs> on with you so um and, and i all the stuff you've done makes me kind of think you know what top man absolutely wow so um thanks very much mate and um you know all the best for the rest of the day and um obviously with your your courses uh particularly your a license because i know that that can be challenging and um you know I, I hope we can catch up mate and um perhaps uh, have, have a cup of coffee or something sometime in the future mate
1: yeah, most definitely when
0: you back over. That'd be great. Oh, well, thanks very much for your time, mate, and, uh, and enjoy the rest of the day. And I, and I genuinely really appreciate your time, mate. And, um, you know, thanks a lot. Yeah, nice one. Thanks right. a lot, mate. You, Bye, Spencer. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you to Spencer for his time in allowing us to probe and ask all the questions on this interview. And I'm sure that you've got some some aspect that has inspired you and has interested you from this episode. Uh, I've rarely met and spoken to anybody who has seemingly as much energy uh, as Spencer and has, has accumulated as much life experience as he has. He did mention that his His late dad kind of lived four lives and packed everything in. Well, it seems that Spencer's following in his footsteps. But Spencer, thank you very, very much. You've provided an an enlightening hour there. And, you know, folks, if you can't get something out of that, well, you know, maybe you just need to have another listen because there's some fantastic stuff in that. But thank you very much, Spencer. And um, as always to you, all the listeners, thank you for for your time. And uh, please share this is there somebody out there who needs to listen to this and can can glean something from it? Because sometimes there's just one thing in life that that can change a person's journey and that's all it takes. So uh, as always, this episode of the podcast is currently sponsored by Expert Apps. That's www.expertapps.online, a Liverpool-based technology company who are changing people's lives with their app technology. They are helping leaders, innovators and influencers with intelligence and technology that is taking their businesses into the 21st century and helping them to achieve more to help more people and to influence more people as well so that's expert app so thanks to them and thanks to you as always and take care and hope you got something out of the episode all right catch you later bye-bye